afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Naples, Italy, to Utahville, South Carolina, population 237. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. Today, we're talking about energy production and the Lake Norman Kiwanis. My three guests today are Ed Piggott. He is the site vice president for McGuire Nuclear Station. Pat Jackson, who is the president and founder of Master Title, and Jeff Hammett, who's the owner of Hammett Insurance Agency. Uh, before we do, uh, I want to recognize Vicki Sawyer. Senator Vicki Sawyer was recognized by the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce. She was recognized as a job champion and real proud of Vicki. She has a program here every Friday, 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We're just saying, and again, Vicki is an entrepreneur, small business owner, uh, state senator, a member of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, very involved, and want to congratulate Vicki. Uh, my producer, Bill's in the other room. Bill, we paid off the challenge uh, at Angels and Sparrows yesterday. Ed, uh, I was sitting here about three months ago, I guess, and, and, and Justin, the station owner, was out there talking about how baseball was very boring to him. I know you're a NASCAR fan. Are you yes, a baseball sir. fan as well? I am. Yeah, Boston Red Sox fan for years. Oh, I'm a Yankees guy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're off to a rough start, Bill. We're off to a rough start. Can well, we bond around the Panthers, maybe? Uh, yeah. Well, I, again, we were we were. I was listening to Justin talk about how uh, he he thought baseball was boring. So I went out there and challenged him to a batting competition. Uh, at DBAT, and uh, with the loser having to wash dishes at Angels and Sparrows Community Kitchen. Okay. And, uh, Ed, I am I am a 28-year-old guy trapped in a 64-year-old body. And, and did you wash a lot of dishes? <laughs> I, washed, I washed a lot of dishes. And, <laughs> and Bill, my producer, I thought you were going to be washing dishes with us, too. You, you didn't show up yesterday. I had, I had to work. Had to work, unfortunately. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Well... Uh, again, it was a, a great cause. I, I tell you, Bill, when you went out there and you saw the faces, uh, Ed, we, we probably fed 150, 200 people at Angels and Sparrows yesterday. Uh, Richard, uh, Justin, Ben, all from WSIC were there. They were performing, too. They were out uh, doing chores and things for, for Angels and Sparrows. But when you went out into the kit, the, uh, the dining room and you saw the folks out there, um, it, it was just it was awe-inspiring what they're able to achieve at Angels and Sparrows with the volunteers that they have. Yeah, that's awesome. I've never been to Angels and Sparrows. My son and I do some volunteering up at Feed NC mm -hmm. up in Mooresville, so I'm familiar with how good it feels to, to help out in that regard and see what folks can do. Have you been to Feed NC since they built a new facility? Yes, sir. It's beautiful. It's oh, incredible. It's just, and the restaurant in the, in the front is uh, just, just yeah, amazing. It's just gorgeous. Uh, today we're talking about energy production. We're talking about... Uh, McGuire Nuclear Station, mm -hmm. but many people don't know that Lake Norman is the largest man-made lake here uh, with 520 miles of shoreline, 32,500 acres. Um, Bill, do you know who uh, Le uh, Lake Norman was actually named after? Uh, Mr. Norman. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good start. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Norman Atwater Cock. Okay. Norman Atwater Cock. And do you know what the deepest part of Lake Norman is? Oh, wow. Uh, no, I don't. I don't even know how deep it is. 110 feet at its mm -hmm. deepest. Average is 33.5. We, we're on four different counties, Mecklenburg, Iron Oak, Catawba, Lincoln. And uh, so, again, spread out. Um, you probably know this, Ed. What is the invasive plant that is uh, in Lake Norman? Right. Well, when you guys get in there, um, there's going to be... Uh, I'm trying to think the invasive plant. Hydrilla. Hydrilla, yeah. yeah. Hydrilla is, is something that uh, you, you can manage it, but you can't actually eradicate it. So we have the grass-eating carp that takes care of that. We do. Um, up until 2016, you actually couldn't even swim in Lake Norman on our side in Mecklenburg County. You, had to, um, you actually had to go to Duke, uh, the, the um, Duke Power State Park up in Troutman. Just because of the amount of hydrilla? Uh, but no, because, uh, again, uh, but the liability issues regarding Mecklenburg County didn't allow public swimming. But on May 24th, 2016, Ramsey Creek Park, we got a beachfront there. So now we actually have public swimming in Lake Norman. Uh, big thanks to uh, then-Commissioner Karen Bentley, uh, Commissioner Jim Puckett, and um, Elaine Powell, 
who were very instrumental in, in getting that done. I uh, want to welcome our, our two Lake Norman Kiwanis members that finally showed up. If you want to put your headphones on and join us, Jeff Hammett is here. We uh, also have Pat Jackson and uh, Ed Pickett, again, the site vice president of McGuire. Um, Ed, Jeff, I want to start with you. Sure. Uh, you were actually at sea as an engineering officer at Exxon mm -hmm. Shipping Company and Arco Marine before you took uh, sure got was. the job with Duke. Uh, talk a little bit about that career. Sure. Yeah, I, I went to uh, a maritime, a Merchant Marine Academy. It's a, it's not a, an actual military school. We wore uniforms and trained in that manner, but it is not for the military. It's for the commercial sector. And after graduation, I, I went to sea for initially Exxon Shipping Company and then ultimately uh, Arco Marine. Um, super tankers, most of the time back and forth from uh, Alaska to California, a few trips through the Panama Canal. Not a lot of time in port, a lot of time at sea, but then... Um, you know, you had vacations in between your times at sea, so you might do, you know, 60, 100 days at sea, but then you'd be on vacation for a month or two, which I enjoyed that as a, as a young man. It was a good, it was a good early career. It's um, before I started my family. You know, uh, did you see yourself when you were sailing the seas uh, one day operating and managing a <laughs> nuclear power station? No, no, sir. Definitely not. Not something I would have foreseen. Yeah, no, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed going to see my wife uh, also uh, worked at sea. And went to the same school we we met in college, and um, came ashore to you know to start our family. And uh, one of the options to come ashore um, in the area I was in at the time, just north of Boston, was a nuclear plant up there in New Hampshire. And uh, so I came ashore with no vision of, of going into leadership. I was a um, a non licensed operator at the plant, you know, fire response and turning valves when told by radio, and and just never saw. Um, this future that this industry has provided me. What kind of education do you have to have to get into that type of industry? Um, t many of our folks have an engineering background. A lot of military folks um, and, and many with an engineering degree, both from the military and or from uh, more routine, not routine, but more traditional uh, university. So high propensity for engineers, but we do have different specialists in, in other areas as well. We're going to get into McGuire specifically, but you, we have several energy production plants here mm -hmm. on Lake Norman. We have the Marshall Steam Station, Catawba, Cowan's Ford here in Mecklenburg County. Ta talk a little bit about those particular plants and how they operate. Sure. I mean, all centered around Lake Norman, as, as you mentioned. Lake Norman is the, the really the source of the ability to generate power. It's what it was created for, actually. Um, so Cowan's Ford uh, is a dam, and it's a hydro generating facility, about 350 megawatts uh, in four units, four turbines, water-driven turbines at Cowan's Ford. And then um, they use those facilities to generate power and also to you know, regulate flow in the river and uh, work together in the entire Catawba watery basin system. Uh, but they also provide, or Cowan's Ford Dam provides the reservoir, which serves as the cooling source for both McGuire, uh, which as you know, is a uh, two-unit nuclear facility and then um, Marshall Steam Station, which is um, a fossil fuel plant, but also uses the, the river as their cooling water source. Well, we're going to go to a break in just a minute, but when we get sure. back, I want to talk specifically about McGuire and what some of your responsibilities are. And again, I have uh, Jeff Hammett uh, with Hammett Insurance, and uh, he's with the Kiwanis, and Pat Jackson with the Kiwanis, and we've got a Thanksgiving project coming up with the Kiwanis organization. Uh, we're going to have you two gentlemen talking about that as well. Um, and I, I am sure that we can also get about and, t and talk about your new responsibilities on the Chamber of Commerce board, Pat. That'd be cool. Pat's uh, going to be joining our, our board of directors at the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce starting in January. And you got his first program uh, this coming Friday. We have our, door, our treat. Uh, for those of you who are with us, uh, stay, stay with us and come back to Town Talk on WSIC. We'll be broadcasting. Kind of me nervous, huh? For those of you who are streaming on all of our devices, on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, uh, stay with us. Our, our two Kiwanis guys were just a little bit late getting in here, but they have joined us, and it's good to have them. And thank you very much, guys, for for being here. Um, uh, we, we've got our Thanksgiving project coming up in just a, a minute. Uh, earlier today, we had our nonprofit roundtable. Uh, Ed, we on uh, once a quarter, the Chamber of Commerce, we schedule a nonprofit roundtable. We had about mm, 25, 30, biz, uh, 30, 
30 organizations get together, and we went around the room at uh, Richard's Coffee Shop, Welcome Home Veterans. Are you familiar with Welcome Home Veterans up in Morrisville? I've heard of them, yes, sir. Well, we had a chance to kind of go around the room and explain a little bit about what we do as uh, organizations and uh, some of the um, philanthropies and, and uh, gala events that are coming up in the next 90 days so we don't step on each other's toes. I'll tell you, we started that about 10 years ago when uh, we actually had three invitations to three gala uh, uh, fundraising events in the same weekend with the organizations. And you just can't attend everything. No, so, you can't. Uh, so we began to go around talking about, you know, what we do because there was people like they – they may have heard about Kiwanis, but they didn't know what beds for kids were. They they may have heard about Lydia's Law, but may not known uh, all the uh, services that Ada Jenkins provides. So it's a chance to go around and explain a little bit about what we do, how we do it, uh, and then some of the events we might have coming up in the quarter. But that was today at Richard's Coffee Shop. And they also got an opportunity to go around the room and see some of the history because it's not just a coffee shop. It's a historical museum. So if you hadn't had the opportunity yet, Please go by uh, Richard's Coffee Shop, Welcome Home Veterans, um, and see them. Did you do anything over the Veterans Day holiday, Pat? Uh, no, we, uh, we Kiwanis marched in the Huntersville Veterans Day Parade, so that was a lot of fun. And we had a good crowd there. They had a wonderful crowd in Huntersville for that, so that was fantastic. So, yeah. And if you have not been to Richard's Coffee Shop, that place is cool. All right, I think we're going back live in about 10 seconds. So uh, you were streaming with us. We're going back live on the radio in about 10 seconds. So stay with us on WSIC. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. I'm here with Ed Pickett, the site vice president for McGuire Nuclear Station. Pat Jackson, president and founder of Master Title. And Jeff Hammett, the owner of Hammett Insurance Agents. Now we have everybody together again, so it's great having you all here. Uh, Ed, it's been an unusually dry year. Uh, I think all of our area lakes are below the targeted lake levels. Does does having a low lake level affect anything in terms of energy production for Duke? It does for Duke. It does not for McGuire Nuclear Station or Marshall. Um, when we enter into some of the protocols associated with low lake level from low pre- precipitation, um, there's a, a protocol that's invoked. Uh, some of it's associated with some of the boat ramps need to close for safety reasons. Uh, but we also um, electively reduce some of the water throughput through the dams to preserve uh, reservoir volume. So you would see less production potentially from Collins Ford. There are still um, water releases for flow that are done, but the, the pattern changes. Uh-huh. What are some of the responsibilities you have as a site manager for McGuire? Wow. Um, I have a great team. Uh, I have a plant manager that has reporting up under him, all the folks that manage the, the day-to-day operation of, of both of our nuclear plants. Um, and then also we have an engineering team um, that is involved in the design and monitoring and maintenance of our equipment. Um, our security team uh, has reporting, uh, reporting responsibilities in, in part to me as well. A very well-teamed, uh, well-trained, um, well-experienced, a lot of them veterans um, in our security team as well. So really I'm responsible for the overall um, business planning and oversight of the safe operation of our two nuclear units. Pat, you're a graduate of our Leadership Lake Norman program. What year was that? I think it was 2005 or 2006. So it's been a little while. And that was a highlight going over to there and uh, having uh, that tour. Uh, Everybody loved that one. I was sharing before we came on, uh, we we did tours back then of McGuire. We haven't been able to do them since COVID, but uh, we used to tour. And you went on one of the tours of McGuire. That was so cool. Um, we could hardly contain our enthusiasm. It was so clean. It was so pristine. That shocked me. So that was a lot of fun. I think that was the highlight for most of the uh, attendees. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah, our folks take a lot of pride in the in the condition of the plant. We asked before you got in here some trivia about Lake Norman. Uh, some of our listeners already heard this, but deepest point of the lake. Pat, do you remember? Oh, I do not know deepest point. I can give you total square mileage. Go ahead. 520 square miles. Well, it's 520, 520, 520 miles yeah, of 30 shoreline. square miles. 32,500 acres. 110 feet. Is 110 the, feet 110 deep. feet mm-hmm. is the deepest point of the lake. That's that's not on the tour. That. And yet my boat has found many muddy runners to uh, <laughs> take it to that, so I must have missed that. Jeff, a uh, question of you. Uh, we yeah. asked a little while, little while ago, uh, listeners, lake was named after who? That I don't know. 
should know. <laughs> and of course, Bill Bill said it was Mr. Norman, but go ahead, Pat. Isn't it Bill Norman? Uh, no. Do no, power chair? No, no, no. No, I don't know. Norman Atwater-Cock. Mm. No, he was a president of Duke. You got that part right. Right. But I think you were thinking of Bill Lee. Bill Lee was I'm, the, I'm still more shocked. recent. Mm -hmm. I'm still shocked to see that uh, roads that connect in one town go to another, like Torrance Creek. I think it's Torrance Creek that mm -hmm. goes through... And I didn't know that came out near the point in yeah. Mooresville. Um, I always knew like Betty's Ford Road was pretty much the main section of the lake, mm -hmm. but I never never knew other roads about it. So, Bob Cashin, who is now deceased, but uh, Bob and Louise's house uh, on Lake Norman up in Iredell County, uh, the road literally that used to connect uh, just went right beside his tennis court but into the water and it used to be the road that connected and of course just just went into the water which is fascinating mm -hmm. um how many acres is mcguire Ooh, um from memory which is not always as good as it used to be it, it's a little bit north of uh 700 acres wow that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a big campus now, some of that is in wildlife preserve um and and other facilities across the street from the plant across route 73 um but yeah seven I want to say 760 acres, but I'll have to look it up on the break. You know, we were just talking about uh, COVID and the tours that we used to do. Um, and uh, I remember 9-11 when, when that occurred. Uh, I, we were up in um, up in Washington, D.C. But some, some of the discussion was, oh, my, we have a nuclear plant here. What safety procedures are taking place? I remember Duke actually showed a, a video of uh, what would happen. If, mm -hmm. if a 747 actually slammed into that concrete structure and it, it, it just pulverized uh, the plane um, because the walls were so thick. With, without getting into too much, uh, what safety procedures does Duke take to make sure that we keep a safe environment uh, over at McGuire? Sure. I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack there from a security standpoint. Um, and even from the operation of the plan, everything's about layers and redundancy. We have multiple um, components that back each other up, 100% uh, redundancy, and sometimes you know three and four times redundancy on the operating equipment. And then from a security standpoint, you, you touched on a key feature, which is the robust nature of the design, the containment building in particular. Um, but then, we, as I mentioned earlier, we have highly trained uh -huh. um, security officers with a with a strong background. Um, many of them uh, from the military that are part of that uh, overall um, security posture for the station. Uh, when we think about clean energy, most mm -hmm. might think of solar, but uh, actually. Nuclear is zero emissions. Can you speak to that? Sure, I'd love to speak to that. Yeah, I mean, solar, wind uh, are traditionally what folks go to um, when they talk about clean energy sources, and they are fantastic clean en energy sources and a, a big part of Duke's uh, portfolio and a growing part of Duke's portfolio. Um, one thing with those, though, is, is intermittency. You know, if the wind is uh, low or, or not blowing due to weather and, you know, of course, at night or with clouds, solar can be reduced or, or not available. So you need to couple those with other sources. You could store that energy and storage is a, is part of, of Duke's plans and, and there is some existing storage. But baseload nuclear units um, provide the, the constancy, the, the continuous generation. And then if you can couple that with storage, then you can use intermittent assets like wind and solar. And when they're not there, you can either withdraw from storage or um, you know, part of our future plans involve new nuclear units. Um, and they would also be able to fill in those gaps in between the renewables. So you, you really need multiple different sources. There is no one technology, in, in my opinion. There is no one technology that would be the solution to all things. But the zero emissions piece right. of, of nuclear um, from a carbon um, emission standpoint, we do not release any um, CO2 to the environment. It is a, a unique advantage of how we're able to generate um, about 50% of Duke's total um, energy comes from nuclear. I think I think we opened the plant in, in 1981. It was licensed for 20 years. Correct. Then there was a relicensing for another 20 years, and mm -hmm. so um, is it 20? So tw so 2020 2041. It was 40 years initially, and okay. then we relicensed for 20. And okay. the licenses are based on the individual units. So unit one, exactly as you described, 1981 became commercial, mm -hmm. and started the 40 year clock. So we just went through the and celebrated uh, with the community the 40 year anniversary of Unit 1 just, just two years ago. 
Um, and next year will be the 40-year anniversary of Unit 2. Um, so initially licensed for 40 years uh, each, we were uh, able to obtain a 20-year license extension on each of the units. Um, so they're both licensed to, to 60 years. And this is true across the Duke fleet. Uh, we've extended the licenses of each of our units an additional 20 years. And there's a, a process called SLR, subsequent license renewal, that Duke is engaged in for all of our units. Um, and we're seeking the ability to extend an additional 20 years. So I would expect McGuire to be part of the community fabric for a total of 80 years. Uh, so the life expectancy of a power plant could be 80 years? Sure, yeah, absolutely. As more people move into the region, how, did, how is Duke gonna handle our electric demands? It's, it's a good question. The, the growth around here is incredible, and certainly when the when the uh, McGuire Nuclear Station was first built, this community looked a lot different. There's been enormous growth over the years. Um, you may be familiar with the Carolinas Resource Plan. Um, it is an integrated resource plan that uh, Duke Energy filed with the Public Utilities Commission in the states of North and South Carolina. That plan is built to look at the, the postulated growth or the predicted growth um, in our areas around around Charlotte and really the um, the entire Carolinas. It looks at the uh, the growth in, in residential homes. It also looks at the expected commercial growth. Um, you, you see some of these data centers and other uh, large energy consumers coming into the area. So we look at that growth and um, essentially need to build to match that growth. You know, we provided the infrastructure, the, the service that is electrical power. So that integrated resource plan has, um, it, it's a little bit of what I described a little while ago, an all of the above approach. It has uh, a solar and wind component um, within it. It has a storage component within it. Uh, it also has um, new nuclear as part of that plan. But before I talk about new nuclear, a huge part of it is that subsequent license rule you already inquired about, um, an additional 20 years of each of our 11 reactors across the Carolinas on, on six sites is a big part of that, a big part of that solution. So, you know, today we safely operate 11 units. We wanna extend that into to tomorrow with an additional 20 years through subsequent license renewal. And then, um, Behind that, you see uh, the construction of uh, new nuclear, along with uh, the build out of other assets, other types of generation to meet that demand. And I was going to ask about that. I was um, I'm a I'm a Rock Hill um, uh, guy by, by I, I grew up and was born in Rock Hill, and mm -hmm. um, I was down there when uh, we built Catawba Nuclear Station, mm -hmm. which had two I think it's two reactors. It does. Yeah, very um, very similar to McGuire. When did they open? About. In the 80s, right? Uh, yeah, a, a few a few years after McGuire, um, from from memory, which I, um, I think it was 83 and 85 for um, for uh, Catawba. So we have 11 nuclear plants within the Duke chain. That's correct on six sites. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep, yep. So McGuire is is two of those 11. And are the nuclear just in North and South Carolina? For Duke, yes, sir. Yes, okay. Yes, sir. okay. All right. Well, when we get back, we're going to continue to talk about Duke, but we also want to talk about the uh, the Kiwanis because we've got a Thanksgiving project coming up, and you guys are, are, are going to be handling that. So when we get back, we're going to talk to uh, uh, the Kiwanis about the Thanksgiving project. So uh, those of you who are, are listening to us on radio, please come back to Town Talk on WSIC, and we'll be right back. So, you, did you remember some of your Lig Norman trivia from Leadership Lig Norman? Uh, generally speaking, uh, but you know, I pay attention. And, uh, <laughs> and, and thank you for our power, and thank you for keeping us safe. Oh, glad to be uh, part of this. Is very sure. informative. Uh, I'm a longtime listener, first time visitor. So, okay, uh, let's to get the it. show. <laughs> we are we are streaming live on Facebook, on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to get used to the whole Twitter yeah, X that's, thing. You that's know, that's a little yeah. daunting. Yeah, all those Twitter sources. Means. Yeah, nice. still, it's still Twitter. I'm I'm not I'm I'm sending out tweets and not X's, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, good to have you guys here. Ed, I was telling you a little while ago. I'm uh, these guys are involved in Kiwanis, but I'm in Kiwanis as well. Yeah. Uh, joined the Kiwanis in 2001. I was president of the Kiwanis in 2006, so I've been there for a little while. Uh, we were going to be scheduling Pat, uh, Ted Budd, United States Senator Ted Budd, on a Focus Friday this coming Friday 
unfortunately, with everything going on, I don't think it added anything to do with the Bernie Sanders uh, the thing yesterday. But uh, Ted's not going to be able to join us on Friday after all, so we're going to have to kick that down the road. But we had Congressman Dan Bishop on the last Focus Friday, which was a really great program, uh, and that's on YouTube. So for those of you who are interested, you can see uh, a little bit of what Dan had to say about what's going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, and Pat, you're joining the Board of Directors. tomorrow. Are you going to be able to join us on Friday? I'll be there on Friday. I'm very excited. Um, uh, I mean, business, public safety, quality of life, it's so important in Lake Norman. And uh, I'm just I'm happy to do my part and I really want to get involved. You were talking about leadership, Lake Norman. Uh, for those of you uh, who may be unfamiliar, uh, can you share a little bit about what your leadership experience was like? It, it was an immediate connection to the community. Uh, we, we got to visit public safety again, which is mm -hmm. near and dear to my heart. Um, we got to see uh, the utilities. Uh, the hospital was wonderful. I believe Novon had just opened up, and we got a, just a behind-the-scenes tour which was wonderful. The people were fantastic. I'm still friends with many of them, including Tim Stein of Maestro Travel, a big Lake Norman Chamber supporter. Um, still good friends with a lot of them. And those people are, are just still involved in the community. And I think that's the very cool part. Sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah, it was fun. Every Thursday for about 10 months, right, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't, wasn't quite 10 Every, months. Once, uh, <laughs> once, once a month on a Thursday. May may seem like it. We actually, uh, in addition to having the adult program, which has about 24 people going through a program for about eight months, we have a junior leadership, Lake Norman, that started off about 12 years ago, I think. Uh, and and it's, uh, they, they go through many of the same things that the adults go through. But it's it's a really good program uh, that we put on. They look at they look at not only the community infrastructure with touring Duke, but they'll hear from Energy United, uh, Electric Cities. That we will go to the water treatment plant, the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, we'll have a, a program on government crime law, so they'll go out and hear from them. Uh, uh, healthcare history, a lot of different things. For those of you streaming, uh, stay with us. We're going back live on the radio in about uh, 15 seconds. And uh, thank you for being on Town Talk today. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. Uh, we have Ed Pickett, who is the site vice president for McGuire Nuclear Station. Pat Jackson with uh, Master Title. He is the president and founder. Jeff Hammett, the owner of Hammett Insurance Agency. Uh, gentlemen, uh, all three of us are in Kiwanis, but for people who may not be familiar with Kiwanis, Jeff, what is the Kiwanis organization? So Kiwanis is a global organization. Uh, our main focus is helping children. And since we're an international club, our focus is the Lake Norman area. So uh, that's pretty much in a nutshell. We have uh, SLPs, which is called Student Leadership Programs, which is essentially everybody's heard of key clubs. Mm -hmm. We sponsor seven key clubs in the area. Um, we have Two Builders Club, which is a the middle school version of the key club. And we have terrific kids at two elementary schools. So you've probably seen the bumper stickers around town. Yes, for that. Mm -hmm. Pat, where's the Kiwanis meet? We meet each Thursday. I got that the right this time. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn South, 12 noon, the best pizza in Lake Norman. We have 39 members, virtually all of them super active and super involved and, and pretty opinionated as well. So we have a lot of fun. Please, your first lunch is on us. Come on down uh, any Thursday and uh, we'll, ha we'll have a speaker. We'll have some fun. We'll talk about things going around the town. How, it's, how it's does, down in the banquet room. A lot of people get confused. In the back room. Yes. How does someone join the Kiwanis? Pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just like most uh, nonprofits, <laughs> you know, you fill out an application, you're in for the most part. But it's yeah. where uh, what attracted me years ago, I think when you were first becoming president, is the variety and the energy the group brought. Uh -huh. I'd visited some other groups, and that's the one I felt like more at home. And I knew I was moving to Huntersville from over from Concord. And I was like, this is a group that I want to be a part of. I like what they do. I grew up as, in my high school, we had Leo Club, which is part of the Lions Club. And so Quan has attracted me. And so I, I've been with them for pretty much 18 years. Uh -huh. What's the cost to join, Pat? The cost is $150. It is prorated for your first year. Uh, some of that goes to the international and national funds. Um, it is all well used. We we take our um, 
take our fidelity with your money very, very seriously, and, and we'll talk more about that with the funds we're raising for the Thanksgiving meals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm sure there's a website that promotes Kiwanis. There is, lknkiwanis.org. Is that correct, Jeff? I think so. <laughs> our Facebook page is very, it's the more very active. active. Facebook and yeah. Instagram. And well, the reason you're here today, uh, we've got a big project coming up in Kiwanis, a Thanksgiving uh, project. Can you explain about what we're going to be doing with the Kiwanis? Sure. So for 26 years, uh, Lake Norman Kiwanis has been feeding families in need in the Lake Norman area. And uh, we didn't realize the history until, what, a couple weeks ago that it went back 26 years. And we started with 20 families. And we actually, Bill, you probably remember physically delivering the Thanksgiving Uh dinners to the families uh, at their homes. Um, We don't quite do that anymore. We've partnered with the Huntersville Food Pantry, which is located right behind the United Methodist Church off of Stumptown Road. Um, and that has been our source for families of need when I took over the project eight years ago. It's since expanded, uh, COVID, the year after COVID, I remember going back to Paula who runs, uh, that program and I was like, all right, we're ready. We've got a goal. I think this year, 250 families. And she came back and was like, we don't have a need for 250 families this year. And so that was shocking. And then one of our members was like, we have these key clubs that we sponsor and we've been wanting to get more involved with them to get them interacted why aren't we reaching out to the, the the schools there and i was like fantastic idea so we reached out to their school to their like social workers and started providing meals at the schools and this kind of expanded this year i think we're doing 14 different charities we're helping out if you count like the, the five five uh high schools two middle schools two elementaries and then food pantry was uh, neighborhood Angela Sparrows? We do a little bit with uh, Ada Jenkins this year. No, Ada Jenkins this year. Um, uh, neighborhood Care Center. Yeah, uh, Manny and David Meacham over there. So, uh, yeah, the need is great, and we're still getting requests to uh, provide more meals. So we'll have to talk about it. Yeah, we're done, Jeff. What's the, what's the greatest need that the Kiwanis uh, need right now? What was what's your greatest need, uh, particularly on this project? We need funds. We do yeah. this outside of budget. We, we, we throw in money from the Kiwanis funds, of course. The members themselves provide. But this is really community-based. Yeah. Uh, we are shocked on the response of this. This will cost us over $18,000 in yeah. the course of a month. It's really important to remember one key partner in this, and that is Publix uh, Supermarket in Rosedale. Right. Right. Yeah. They work with us. We just lost our uh, wonderful manager, uh, Carlos. Carlos, yeah, he got this promoted. <laughs> he got promoted. <laughs> but, but think about this. This was so important to him that he left a file. He left all the... Uh, prices and everything he did for the new manager so we're in pretty good shape there so yeah uh, yeah so we need we need funds we're close to our uh, goal but we're not quite there correct um don't know the final numbers right now but eighteen thousand is our, our is our goal because it's roughly 45 dollars um actually robert the new manager told me it's 46 dollars and change so right around 45 dollars feed one family and uh i just go over like what what we but in this box is actually a banana box, and that's that's a challenge enough for the manager of Publix to collect 400 banana boxes, because where do you store that? 400. Um, so if you were to drive behind Publix right now, you'd see them in the back, and there's a tarp covering them up right now. Last year they had a extra trailer, uh, but that's it's a 14 to 16 pound turkey this year, mm-hmm. and homemade pie, uh, green beans corn, yams, gravy, stuffing, dinner rolls, and some type of canned fruit. Mm -hmm. And I think last year we threw in some mashed potatoes. That's a great meal. So it feeds four to five members of a family. So the impact is this year is anywhere between 1,500 to 2,000 people that we're going to feed. 2,000 people that Lake Norman Kiwanis is taking care of. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is it's not, we're just the ones driving the project. It's our community, it's amazing. And when we started rolling out the digital money like Venmo and PayPal, that opened up a whole new avenue because people were willing to give $2, $5, $10. And I would say that's probably our largest contributions are the small varieties throughout the way. Um, that and everybody likes to say, I want to sponsor a family, how much is that? So now we'll take the $1,000 check if someone wants to hand it, but it's, 
most people are like I said, it's going to be the $20, $25 range mm-hmm. the whole time. And that's, it comes in. So This is a, a passion for Jeff Hammett. He has taken this over. I believe it's about nine years now that you've... Eight years, yes. Eight yeah. years. We all kind of put it together in the past. And it's, it's so funny for you to ask us about Kiwanis. Um, so, <laughs> Bill, I remember when I first joined, you were one of the younger members of Kiwanis. So, uh, I helped uh, that out. Yes, you brought down our average age. But Jeff has taken this to new levels. He recruits. We just had a wonderful, wonderful event at D9 Brewery over the weekend, and we had a lot of fun with that. We had live music. Uh, D9 threw us a ton of money from their proceeds. A lot of neighbors came out. It was a, it was a blast. So, yeah. uh, you know, this, this, is a, this is a passion for me as well but i gotta my hat is off to jeff for what he's done with this well thank you he keeps throwing the bar higher and higher yeah every every year once we achieve the goal and then once the dust settles after the holidays the next the newest present because you know in kiwanis the present starts october so they're thrown into the fire right at the beginning for all these activities with the thanksgiving dinner project and then christmas and davison and you name it. It just seems like it's endless right there all up front. Um, the golf tournament we have is towards the end. So it's kind of like the new presence filling that a little bit. Pat, I don't I don't think I told you next next Wednesday's show, we have John Anarella, uh, for, former president of our club, uh, former lieutenant, uh, was the lieutenant governor right. of mm-hmm. the club. But uh, he's going to be on there as, as well as Steve McElwain, and we're going to be talking about okay. the Kiwanis Action Program. And for those who may be unfamiliar with the Action Program, it is uh, young people, 18 years of age, but older with special needs. Mm. And uh, I was sharing this morning at our nonprofit roundtable. Um, if you were trying to go southbound on I-77 this morning and you were not using the toll lanes, you were met with frustration because it was a parking lot. And oftentimes we, we get into the congestion of the area because we're a growing community. And you could be very frustrated and nerves fried a little bit and saying, what kind of day did I have? And then you go to this meeting with these young adults uh, that uh, probably have every reason in the world not to be happy with what's going on in their life. But they are laughing and cutting up and so happy to be there. Um, Pat came out about three months ago and he said, I want to take care of supper. So he's out there. He's flipping hot dogs and hamburgers for the Action Club members. And he's working over a grill. It was was hot that day. (laughs) But Pat's out there. Flipping those uh, burgers. Oh, actually, it was hot dogs, wasn't it? It was, it was hot dogs. Hot dogs. We were throwing yeah. cornhole, and, and let me tell you, these guys can talk trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I think we will have our Christmas dinner with them shortly. Right? We are, we each year, we uh, have a program at Mount Zion Church, uh, and we have the Kiwanis hosting the Action Club. And yes, that's going to be, uh, I think it's on the 15th. That's taking place, but uh, getting those uh, young people together, they just have a great time. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Um, we're going to go to a break in a, in just a little while to allow our sponsors to get some information in. So those of you who are listening on the radio, come back. We're going to talk with Ed, Ed Pickett. He's the site vice president for McGuire Nuclear Station. And uh, Jeff, I think you've got to leave, but Pat Jackson is going to stay here. So stay with us on Town Talk on WSIC. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. This was fun. Okay, for those of you who are streaming, uh, Jeff's going to leave us because he's got to go pick up, I think, his daughter. She's got soccer over in Far City. She's so. got, okay, but so we're going to lose Jeff Hammett, but we're going to keep Pat Jackson. Um, Pat, uh, we were talking about the Action Club. Uh, share with uh, people who are on our streaming platform on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. What is your favorite experience with our Action Club? Oh, I, I mentioned it. It's the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only the kids, the guys. We, you know, it's supposed to be kids, Ed, but mm-hmm. these, these these are gentlemen now. These are in thirties and forties, and maybe and women. women. Yeah, and women and, and women. ladies. Uh, uh, that Christmas event will stop you in your tracks. The prayer. Now, now, it's important to point out that Bill handles the monthly meetings for these guys and girls <laughs> each month. Uh, last Friday of each month, of which I believe, are you doing? Oh, you're ahead of the game this year in terms of uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, right? Well, we were going to be having a meeting uh, at the chamber a week earlier yeah. tomorrow night. Or, excuse me, Friday night. But um, instead, it's going to be a virtual meeting. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, we meet on the fourth Friday of every month, 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. 
But that the, the that Christmas event, it's usually catered by Brooklyn South or one of the other restaurants. We arrange for that. We pay for that. The parents mm-hmm. come. They bring the desserts and, and the prayer. The prayer can go on for several minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of things to cover, and it's, it's really wonderful. How did you get involved in Kiwanis? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I, 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 like um, Jeff, I uh, was searching. I wanted uh, a place. Um, years ago when I joined, it was a 7.30 a.m. breakfast meeting, so mm-hmm. that was helpful to me to get you know out and about early. Dinner, so uh, I struggle a little bit with the lunch meetings, but I try and make it when I can. So. Ed, um, I, we're going to talk about Duke's involvement in the community, but uh, have you been involved in any civic organizations? Yes, sir. Yeah. So for um, much of my time uh, when I was up north, I was a volunteer firefighter for 15 years. So, really? uh, yeah, I lean into that a little bit in, in the area here in terms of uh, donating and, and following those organizations. But we mentioned earlier some involvement with uh, Feed NC is a, uh-huh. a location where um, my family likes to likes And to you volunteer. said you and your son worked at Feed NC, yes, uh, sir. volunteered there. Yes, sir. What'd you do? Uh, we... Um, Received uh, loads of food, mostly uh, donated food, and then we would sort through the produce and, and the different types of food, uh, sort them out into categories and discard uh, the items that, that weren't uh, you know, safe to put out front. Many of those would go to, to farms and, and the like in the area to be reused. Everything got repurposed. So and how old is your store. son? Um, I have two boys. Um, one is uh, 24 and the other is 22. And the 22-year-old and I were the ones up at Feed NC. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, Pat, we're going to go back live in about five seconds. So uh, we're going to come back to you. And, and those of you who are streaming, stay with us. Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. We have Ed Pickett. He's the site vice president of McGuire Nuclear Station. And Jeff Hammett had to leave us, but we have Pat Jackson. He's the president and founder of Master Title. Pat, uh, let's talk about your business. What is Master Title? We are a uh, full-service title agency. We write title insurance on all uh, commercial and residential real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in business since 2002. My am partners with the Allen Tate Company, and uh, we've had a wonderful run. We've got uh, 14 employees, um, and uh, we work with the local closing attorneys uh, to secure title insurance for buyers and lenders when they close on uh, real estate deals. And as you know, real estate has been uh, a huge component of uh, this economy here in Lake Norman. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's been quite a run. We're having some challenges now with the interest rate environment, uh, but we are all pretty confident that once we get through some of this in the next few months, maybe a year or so, we're going to go on another wonderful run here in Lake Norman. Slowing down a little bit, but most of that has to do with product, probably. Oh, inventory is challenging. Mm-hmm. Inventory is challenging. So, uh, yeah, we're in a unique market. It's it's uh, it, it's it's hard to figure out, but, uh, you know, things will spread out from Huntersville and Cornelius and go a little wider in the area. So we'll find, we'll find some product. Mm. Um, Ed, going back uh, to Duke. Sure. Uh, Lynn Good, who's your CEO, she said mm-hmm. she's focused on Duke Energy executing an aggressive clean energy strategy, uh, at least 50% carbon reduction by 2030, 80% by 2040, and net zero by 2050 electricity generation. How do you get to net zero by 2050? Great question. So, um, you know, net zero itself, the concept is um, the total math, the, the, the product of uh, what you produce uh, adds to zero carbon. So some of that can be in offsets, um, you know, um, tree planting and different other things that are uh, offset the, the carbon that's released. But in general, the, the way you get there is you reduce the amount of carbon you emit. So certainly the renewables uh, portfolio that we talked about earlier would be a big part of that growth in, in solar and wind and storage. Uh, we have our, our lake systems. Uh, like the Catawba watery system here with Lake Norman uh, for hydro generation, and then nuclear power. Um, we, we talked about nuclear's role now. Um, one of the, the unique things about nuclear is um, we're, we're online 95% of the time, which is, we referenced intermittency earlier with solar and wind. Um, they don't produce 95% of the time based on changes in weather and the like. And other forms of generation are, are also quite reliable, but 95% um, and you know, 93, 95% uh, online with a carbon-free source is part of how you, you reduce your carbon numbers. So um, 
extending the licenses of our 11 units is, is a big part of how we get to those goals. Um, retirement of some fossil uh, emitting units is, is certainly part of that and replacing those with, with new generation. Some of that new generation could come from things like upgrading the capacity of some of our existing facilities. In fact, McGuire and Catawba are both in a, in a review of the feasibility of um, finding some efficiencies in the secondary side of our plant and modernizing equipment that would allow us to produce uh, more than we more than we currently produce. In addition to that, we're looking at the construction of new nuclear plants um, to help meet our uh, net zero goal in 2050. Do uh, any local plants that we're talking about, or is it been mapped out? So the, so the um, you know, obviously the expansion of capability at McGuire and Catawba is local. Okay. Um, Duke has um, announced plans um, at, at the Blues Creek site uh, to the north up near Winston-Salem, north of Winston-Salem, okay, for a sure. potential yeah. uh, new nuclear facility at that location. In general, um, one of the things we would consider is the existing infrastructure. So if you have a plant in place, say, say a fossil plant in place that's going to uh, retire, you tend to have the transmission in place. You have a water source like a, a river or a basin like Lake Norman. But what you also have is a skilled workforce that's been in the power industry for a long time, knows the, the unique nature of the business that we do and how we serve our communities that you can immediately take advantage of. So some of our considerations of, of locations would would look towards existing infrastructure like that. Ed, we just had the Kiwanis on. Um, mm -hmm. We had Jeff and Pat and myself talking about civic involvement. Duke Energy is extremely involved in our yes, community. Uh, talk about some of the things that you do in the community. Your, your job is to produce power. It is. But uh, yet yeah, you're, you're out there, you're involved in community, sponsoring uh, certain things that are, that are advantageous to our community. Speak about your community involvement. I, I would love to, and I was very impressed with the Kiwanis discussion and, and very humbled um, but what, by what you all accomplish, uh, was it was fun to hear. We, you know, the act of, of producing power is is a service. We we believe greatly as Duke Energy and in, in uh, serving our community, and we do in that capacity. But similar to what you're talking about, for McGuire, um, you know, for over 18 years, we do a Toys for Tots drive. When I climbed in my car to come meet with you, I was parked next to the tent where we bring in all the bicycles and all the different things that our employees donate, and the different shifts and security, and everybody has their own programs and we we fill a tent and um it's one of the highlights of my year is meeting with the marines and local law enforcement folks who come and do that do that pick up each year so 18 years with that um there's a, a former mcguire employee who started uh, i'll have to look at my notes i think it's yeah 35 years ago uh, a winter coat drive so there's a bin right outside my office in the mm -hmm. lobby at mcguire where um folks bring in you know lightly used or new uh winter gear and um, we're able to donate that for 35 years. Duke has a program called the Power of Giving that um, essentially empowers- oh, The Power our, of Giving, that's yes, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It empowers our employees to give to um, the charity of their choice. They can give of their time, which many, many employees do. They can give of um, funds and, and fundraise for it. And then the company has a matching program that allows you to, in some cases, double your double your contributions to the charity of your choice. So through that, um, you know, the amount of money that's brought to the community is, is just enormous. So it's it's a core value for, for Duke Energy. And the symphony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the symphony's a great one. I'd love to talk about that. Well, yeah. Please. I so um, over, over 20 years now, um, it was interesting because we, we took a pause on the symphony during COVID. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. And so the 20-year anniversary would have been during COVID. So when we... Um, brought the Charlotte Symphony back. We, we called it the 20th time we were doing it, the 20th anniversary, but it would have been the 20, 22nd year. Um, great event. Um, the symphony's fantastic. We um, A lot of folks from the plant get involved with preparing for and volunteering to, to set up the location, set up a stage right beside the beside the lake. This year we had um, 25, roughly 2,500 people on the lawn. We've had larger numbers than that in the past. And then we have dozens and dozens of boats that anchor offshore. And a great event. There's uh, displays of different technology from Duke Energy. There's food trucks that are out there. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you about how we serve the community anytime you come to see us. So we're all set up to do that. And then as the, as the lawn fills up, 
uh, myself and my plant manager, Brent Bear, go up on stage and introduce the symphony. And um, the boats just keep coming as soon as the music oh, sure. starts. It fills in. It's a great event. Oh, it's gorgeous. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. We look forward to, uh, we plan to do it um, the end of June this year again. Pat, do you get to many of the symphonies out there? I do. I love it. And you know, thank you. You also let us play in your backyard mm-hmm. of McGuire for Big Day at the Lake. That's what I was going to bring right? Yeah, sure. So yep. I know that's a big one for you, Bill, but oh, it's just so beautiful. That typically is usually the hottest day of the year. So, but <laughs> those kids have a ball and, you know, to give up your grounds like that with the security, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, we have a lot of fun with that as well. I would be remiss if we didn't bring up the Energy Exploring because that's a that's a yeah. huge resource we have here. Uh, share what what is the Energy Exploring? So you know, thank you for asking about it. So it, it's um, an education center where folks can come and learn about what we do. You can learn about Lake Norman. Uh, you can also learn about uh, nuclear power, the benefits of it, and how we're designed and the like. Um, it's open through, uh, you know, you met Stacy earlier today, or I think you've known Stacy for a while. Uh, Stacy runs the facility, and um, it, through, um, by appointment, uh, you can bring in tour groups and the like. Open a lot Tuesdays of schools. And there's a tons of schools and, and Boy Scout organizations and the like that come through. We also use it as a, as a facility to interact with the community. We, uh, from time to time, will host... Um, you know, like a consortium of realtors from around Lake Norman or different community agencies that want to come in and um, use the facility, the auditorium. Um, we'll talk some about uh, McGuire and then we'll go to other topics associated with the lake or the community. I know I only have a couple of minutes left. Sure. Going into the winter, uh, do you have any kind of tips that you can give folks to, to keep their power bills lower? Sure. I'd love to. Uh, so dukeenergy.com. Uh, if you go there and then follow um, energy efficiency, there are tips on there for how folks can save energy. Big thing is programmable thermostats. Um, if you set a program and, and you set the times to, uh, to be uh, more efficient when you don't need the heat as much, maybe you're on, under the covers at, at night or, or the like. Um, and some of those, there are programs where those can interact with your power provider like us at Duke Energy if you choose to do that. Uh, the other thing is um, Duke Energy has a program that's available for uh, home energy assessments, and you can access that through the website as well. And um, the company will come out, and um, there is a uh, an assessment of the home that will give you tips on how to tighten up your insulation and, and tighten up the air gaps around your windows, and there's kits that they do and the like. So lots of, lots of tips. But my mom would say, put a sweater on. <laughs> put a sweater on. <laughs> Well, you know, the mission of of Duke Energy is to provide reliable and affordable energy, and you do that. Sometimes we don't think about when we go inside the house and we flip on that switch, uh, it's there. And Mm -hmm. when it's not there, we expect it to be there momentarily. So, again, thank you for the job that you and your organization do. Uh, It's exciting to have you here today. It's a pleasure. Uh, the Lake Norman Kiwanis, uh, you're right. I am a proud member of the Kiwanis, been a proud member since 2001. I am so excited about what you guys are doing for Thanksgiving, and I thank you and Jeff. If it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk at WSIC. We're going to see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.